Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. We got the full squad for an off day show. It's been a little bit since we got the whole squad together. So, so you know, it's the new year. We figured we'd talk uh, new year type stuff, resolutions, things like that. But before we get into all of that, you know, we'll talk a little bit around the league. We'll talk about things going on. Specifically, I want to start with all-star selections, at least the first wave of all-star selections. Get announced tomorrow Mm. i want your guys answers on who should go Uh from the colorado avalanche now i know i get it the the correct answer on the best player should be nathan mckinnon and he should go because of that but i'm curious if you guys have any like low-key answers like do you want to send miles wood for the skating competition Mm. or do you want to do you you have an interesting take on (laughs) someone the av should send to the all-star game or is it just send mckinnon and mccarr like they always do uh i think that there should be a separation of guys that go to the all-star game because they are all-star caliber players and guys that participate in the skills competition because they're fantastic at a skill you know, we talked on our pregame show last night. Uh, Ryan Pulak should be in the hardest shot competition. Yep. Miles Wood should be in a fastest skater competition. You know, Andreas Athanasiu should be in a fastest skater competition. Guys that are great at those things because they show off the skills. You know, how many times have we seen all-stars get kind of low-key embarrassed during a skills competition because they get put doing something that they may not be the best at? Like, they're not at the all-star game because of their ability to pass a puck into a tiny little net 35 feet away. You know? True. Like, like you just, in order to make the skills competition better, you should be inviting guys. And it gives an opportunity for a Miles Wood to go to an all-star game who's never otherwise going to go. Yep. So that's a change that I would make. I don't know if the players would want it. I imagine Miles Wood would rather be like, I'm going to spend three days in the Bahamas instead of going and skating really fast for 15 seconds just for fun. Yeah. But, you know, if if you made it like here, you participate in this, we'll give you an extra $100,000. You know, something like that. Give them a reason to do it. Bring back the car draft. (laughs) (laughs) The player draft was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think they're bringing it back this year. Yeah. 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 So I would would start there. I I would start there uh, with that distinction of... Bring separate separate guys. those things, okay. But uh, in terms of like which guy should be named by the league tomorrow, yeah, it should be McKinnon. Boring. Sorry, Boo. Megan. I'm just thinking like there's organizations that are in a really tough period and struggle to find even their one nominee for it. Definitely. And th- and then maybe they base it on the special skill. Then like their one selection is going for one skill and one skill only. Yeah. Well, if you go back to your points there, Zegers last year, not an all-star. He's brought in for the breakaway challenge, remember? Yep. So that's, that's I agree. I agree with you. If it would be something like that, I'd love to see Woody go around. We need a lot of protection by the boards in case something happens. You know what I mean? Because he's always a He's hot crashing mess. into he's boards He's crashing at something, you know, so. <laughs> a north-north <laughs> player having to turn while he yeah. skates is going to be an adventure. Yeah. yeah. You, you could sell tickets, you know, behind the cushions and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> crash just watch the crash, you know? I no, love I don't I'm like not this. bashing <laughs> him. I love him. So not bashing him. I love him. But uh, it should be, you're right, because I know for a fact, guys, a lot of times don't want to do that skills competition. <laughs> They're like, uh-uh. 
you know, again, I get it. You know, skating 100 miles an hour, you know, obviously figure of speech. But, you know, you're cold and you're not stretched and you've been sitting there. It's hard, man. And it's the worst thing you can do is see your star player as a fan or as management or as a coach or as a teammate get hurt. You know, so you're like, I get you want to show the world <laughs> how fast you are. But it's like, really, does it really matter? You know, it, it is. Hey, listen, it's a it's a great event. It's for sponsors. It's great for the league. But... I'm not a fan of it, um, meaning, I don't know. And, again, it wouldn't be an NHL All-Star game if it was, like, say, for example, anybody that's 24 and under, you know what I mean? Like, hey, go, get excited, go. If you're McKinnon and guys like that, you've been going forever. I think you benefit more from taking a few days off. Look at Ovechkin. He's been saying, I'm going to punt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll take the uh, one-game suspension, right? Because if you don't show yeah. up, you get suspended for a game. Um, I don't know. It, it is, I don't know. Again, it's just like what you just talked about earlier. It's like sometimes you just can't win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it seems like you can't win there. But they always do a good job. And I, and I think some guys have been really good over the years. The Crosbys of the world, great ambassadors for the game. I go back to Wayne and stuff like that. An unbelievable ambassador. But... I don't know. I'm going to agree with McKinnon as the pick, though. It, uh, two things here. One, my pick is forget the NHL All-Star game. After the other <laughs> night, send Cogliano to the Pro Bowl for yes. that tackle. Uh, <laughs> but, but two, is, is, are there things that can incentivize the players beyond what AJ mentioned and just money incentives to get players to actually want to go to this All-Star game? Are there events that they could do that would help encourage this instead of it feeling like a thing that the star players have to do? Um, I would say lessen the media, like the, the public event load of those guys. Uh, you know, make it less of a drag for them to be there because it's not just that they have to go to the all-star game and it's it's that... that look, the, the reality here is that a guy like Nathan McKinnon has a responsibility to the league. Sure. sure. He has a responsibility to help grow the league Sure. To be one of the faces of it, and whether he likes that or not, it just it, it it's irrelevant. It it is a responsibility that it, he owes to a league that pays him a great deal of money for for the special talent that we get to see on a nightly basis. Yes, and just him out here, out there playing and being great and all that. It's not enough. You have a league wide event like that, and he owes it to the league to show up and embrace that responsibility. You're talking about Crosby as a great ambassador of the game. Ovechkin has not been. And he he owes better to the league of like, yeah, people want to see me at an event like this. So do what you have to do. Listen to the player feedback to some extent of how to make the event more player friendly. But yeah, it's just, life is driven by money. You know, and if a guy yeah. and if a guy's like, look, I don't care about one hundred thousand dollars. Then he doesn't go and send Val Nachushkin. You know, a guy who may not otherwise get to go. How, how refreshing was it seeing how much Nazem Kadri loved being there yeah. and how much he embraced it? And it was an entirely fresh take on uh, some guys really do uh, appreciate this. And it really is. Oh, yeah. You know, thing, Eric, I imagine you probably would have loved to go to an all-star game in your career as a player, right? Like, just to experience it, to be there, to be among those. a couple times. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm, I mean, no, like, no. it's a... Oh, no, no, I, I would have been, been pumped. Are you kidding me? That means you're doing well. Of course. No, and when I was saying that earlier, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more, 
as a fan. Hey, listen, my oldest has gone to a multiple with my old man. You know, the Board of Governors meetings are usually during the All-Star Game. And my oldest talks about it today. Like, hey, I met Patrick Kane and he was 19 years old or whatever it is. And it's like they're lasting memories for the people that are there. You know what I mean? Um, but what I'm trying to say is you're, it's such a grueling year, right? It's such a long year. Yeah. And, and if you're working as a coach or in management, like... You're like, oh, that'd be nice if they don't pick Kel McCarr. You know, I wish he would benefit from those three, four days, right? I mean, you're not going to publicly say it, but you're really thinking it. And then when you hear that he's not picked, you're actually like, yes! You know what I mean? Where, you know, for fans, it's an uproar. I get it because that's, you know, that's normal. It's The All-Star game is for fans, right? It's not yeah. for the players. And, and the fans are the ones that uh, make this league viable, and you're right. There is an obligation from those guys to be there. And that's why there's corporate functions at those events. That's why there's, uh, you know, uh, skills competition. And that's why they do so many things. And But it is a double-edged sword, you know what I mean? So you you like it. To, I mean, I'm, I, I can tell you that for a fact. Like some guys cross their fingers. They hope they don't get picked tomorrow. And, and then the teams yeah. start like, oh, let's go with the fan vote. And then they're like, no, no, no. Don't use my name. You know what I mean? Like, I want to go on break. And I get it. I mean, I've heard of guys before. They're like, really? I got to go? Like, I got non-refundable tickets to whatever it is with my wife. And it's like, what? Like, I'm, no, I'm not going. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, yeah, but you have to go. Or well, what do we have to say? And then you, you know, then you come up with an injury or whatever it is. Like, but it's, it's kind of, it's more complicated than what I'm saying. But it's just, it's a great event. Uh, I just don't know if it's beneficial for the guys. It's beneficial for the league. It's beneficial yeah. for the fans. But if you're trying to go on a run, those days off sometimes are so much better. Megan, you're the one here who's actually covered an all-star game. What are your, what's your take on the, the workload for the players? Um, I, I look at the disruption of the Finland trip and the impact it had on the players. And that's a hard comparison because the time zone difference in the travel compared to what they'd be traveling to go attend an all-star game is so different and so much a shorter window. But I, I think that the, the workload is such that, what was the other thing I was thinking of? Um, the Finland trip was one example I used cause we wrote about this in the all city piece. Yep. And I think every writer understood from a content perspective the value of the all-star game but not necessarily the players value um because it is usually a point in the year where players who want a break want it at that point it's quite opportune and so it's a little bit difficult to have that stripped from them um so i don't know how to really improve upon that because there isn't a real better time to do it unless they did it at the beginning of the year based upon last year's results um, and I think it still is a little bit of a disruptor to things not so unlike the Finland trip. Obviously, again, that's an extreme e example, but maybe that's one way to get it out of the way sooner before guys are really hurting for rest. Cause that was so true of Kale McCarr last year. And I was certain he was going to opt out <laughs> till the very end, but and then he in the speed skating, he did the opt out. <laughs> yeah, in the speed skating, he slides into the corner, and, and every Abs fan went, "Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God!" That's no, <laughs> right? Yeah, like this is not. It was panic-inducing. So I think the workload. I think you know AJ's point of make the media 
work the media load lighter is important because it is supposed to be something of a vacation for players a, a days off away from the game with their families and so if there are points of the the weekend that they can have with family and friends and make them a part of it and treat it like it's actually meant to be time away in those moments and then they can really commit to the fan engagement when that time comes the other thing i think about is the parts of the weekend that are kind of supposed to be for everyone's benefit including the players is some of the entertainment and i feel like the flow of events has been so pro dragged out yeah. that by yeah. the time yeah. they get to the portion of the all-star weekend that they might enjoy they can't enjoy it yeah. and so i think that they have to straddle a better balance in terms of wanting to add the superfluous entertainment to the flow of the week and for the benefit of the fans and maybe just maximizing the star power of the players and letting that be for the benefit of the plans and fans and not having so much superfluous entertainment that just drags out the flow of the week. And it does not have to be longer for it to be better. The other part of this that I think is, do we need an all-star game anymore? An all-star game... I want to continue this conversation. The, the all-star game used to make a lot more sense because you could never see Connor McDavid play. Yeah. You know, somebody that lived in New York never saw Connor McDavid play. Well, now they're all on ESPN+. Somebody, Plus. Yeah. somebody that lived in, in Edmonton never saw Artemi Panarin play. You know, you couldn't... The, the connectivity is so different from when all-star games became a thing in pro sports. You know, you see how the, the NFL is with the way that the Pro Bowl, everybody hated the Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. So they turned it into like this big, goofy party of a weekend that, that happens now. And it's like, it's like this silly thing. It's like flag football. Now, and you, yeah. And now, yeah. and now it's like you, the, the actual game, everybody it just accepts. This is a free vacation to a, to a tropical location. Yeah. You know, and, and do you even need an all-star game at this point? We, we see everything. You can, Connor McDavid scores an unbelievable goal. You go onto any social media and it's there. Yep. You see it. You're you you can consume that immediately. You don't need to watch an All Star game to to see the stars at this point. And like, what are you going to do? Have a have an All Star game of like 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 Val Nichushkin and and Brian Nugent Hopkins? I know. Like Zach Hyman. You know, I'm, I'm I don't know why I'm obsessed with the Oilers here. Yeah, but. <laughs> You know, like a, like these guys that you otherwise just like these really, really good NHL players, but not guys that you would think of as all stars. Is that any is that going to be any better? I just don't know that the concept makes much sense anymore. Uh, you know that the players are way more amped for going to the Olympics next year and something that they will care about and not right. having to worry about an all star game. Is this where the World Cup of Hockey comes in where it's like this you you put something in here that they'll maybe care about. The, the problem is your chances for injury goes way up for something that is ultimately meaningless. That's so I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion. You could just do away with all-star games and every four years they go to the Olympics. You can name an all-star team. Guys can still get it because they still have contract bonuses and incentives and all that. Great. Let's get the game. <laughs> but yeah, don't have a weekend anymore. Yeah. It, I know, is, but it's is like this really a thing that that fans need anymore. Well, it, all I'm gonna say no, is go it's ahead, a revenue generated league, right? I mean, yeah. honest, and that's the thing. It's sponsors are a big part, and then that's a big part of selling their sponsorship. You know what I mean? It is, uh, and sponsors do bring their clients and everything to, to those events and all that stuff. So, 
I mean, it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one to, to juggle. You know what I mean? There's two conversations I want to go with here. The first one being the one we have every time we talk about an all-star game. <laughs> the all-star game is not, or at very least should not be for people like us. Diehard NHL people who watch the game every night, who see every highlight, who know all of these things. So the question there is, can the NHL turn an all-star game day, weekend, whatever you want to call it, into something that better funnels new fans into the sport somehow? And I, I do think we're starting to see new things. You know, there's communication about having PWHL players yep. there this year. There's an expansion a little bit beyond the NHL itself. But at the same time, you guys are talking about maybe we just get rid of it. We are already getting rid of in-person and NHL drafts. I know, uh, that bugs me. So my point is, does the All-Star game then become this week in the middle of the season where teams can get everybody together yes. and it become an event like that? Draft at the All-Star game. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> Midway through the year. We're not yeah, like, baseball. Yeah, like baseball, does it? <laughs> It's kidding, obviously. It, are there avenues where the NHL can turn this into something it really isn't or hasn't been for the last while? It, uh, no, no, no. I have the other radical idea here is you combine it with the Winter Classic. I'm, I'm interested. Like you, what you do is you have a weekend of events. The entire league descends upon wherever the Winter Classic is. And then that way players are knocking out regular season games and stuff while they're well, there. Well, and, and you do you have a skills competition, but you do it at this outdoor venue. Yeah. You have a PWHL game. You have a college game. Or you have, depending on where it is, maybe you have a CHL game. You, you have, or, or what you do uh, is you line it up and maybe you have a WJC game. You know, something like, something, maybe just a college game. But, like, <laughs> you, you have a couple of different events. You build the stadium. You invest in this infrastructure, right? And then you play one game and you bounce. And it's just yeah. like, this is all kind of silly. Uh, and then it ends. The weekend ends with the scheduled Winter Classic. The weekend would end with Vegas at Seattle, in this case. But the entire league has been there. And you combine these events that are getting less and less interesting to the, to the fans of the sport all the time. And you turn, it, you turn it into an actual big deal because we saw with the Winter Classic, the Winter Classic was great when it first happened. And then they started the stadium series. And now people have absolutely no one. And now there's a Heritage Classic. Mm -hmm. And people have no idea when outdoor games are because the league does such a horrible job marketing in it. Consolidate the big event of the season into one weekend. It's your all-star game. It's your, it's your outdoor game. It's your skills competition. It's, it's the festivity. It's the... Yeah. in-season event of the year, you still get all the sponsors happy, you still dr drive all the revenue, but you put all of it in one place instead of spreading it all out into tepid interest in a bunch of events, maximum interest in one event. Or maybe I'm an idiot, I don't know. No, I like it because they haven't responsibly marketed having more individual events. I know from a revenue perspective, they probably would prefer to have these separated into the multiple classics that now exists. But I don't think they've responsibly done it because we, as avid hockey watchers, don't always know when they're happening until the day before. 
And so I think that is demonstrative of a failure to market these as individual events. I think until they prove otherwise, it should be consolidated. You're, go back to the, the Finland trip, right? Sure. For the fans in Finland, it was great. The in-person event was awesome. But from the main core of the Avalanche fan base, there were fans day of the game asking, why are the Avs playing at 11 a.m. on a weekday? What's going on today? Yeah. The, the league just has not done a good enough job of getting the information out there mm. about these events that they're running. Well, and, and self-defeating behavior all over the place. Yep. You had all the games that got played over in Sweden this year airing at 11 a.m. on NHL Network. Yeah. What the f- What are we doing here? You're not, it's not even a time window that you're competing with anybody. <laughs> what, are you, what are you afraid of? The NFL on a Tuesday morning? Judge what's, what's Judy happening? is taking your time slot at that point. Yeah, yeah like straight up, man. Like it, it's just all over the place. You're like, I think that we have... 75% of good ideas spread out throughout the calendar. Yep. And it would be maybe better to just jam it all into like, if nothing, here's easier one to thing. just promote the hell out of it, right? Yeah. And, and then you don't have teams like the Avs last year feeling like that Finland trip really screwed us up. We had a really hard time getting out of that rut for weeks. We struggled to get back into a rhythm to feel like we were ourselves. They had a bunch of injury problems. Is that related to that trip? Probably not. But also, are they having those injury problems this year with a normal schedule? No. They are not. Minnesota is one of the teams that went on the the trip this year. They are having injury problems. This could be completely coincidental. I don't know. But it makes you wonder, like, what's, what's the real benefit of these? Because I think they're a great idea. I think it's awesome that they, you know, Miko Rantanen scoring... A hat trick in Finland. Yeah. It's an all-time moment for the fans that are there. Right. Like, and it's it's wonderful for the Finnish fans. And it's wonderful to remember so much of the interest in this league comes from a part of the world that is not this one. Yep. Right. And to respect that and to give that its own due. But it's also proven to be very difficult for the teams. Yep. So I'm I am I would like to find a way to make those things work. But the common thread that we have here is that the league has to do a better job of marketing its own stuff. You have to, people are like, oh, I'm so sick of Connor Bedard. Every hockey fan knows who Connor Bedard is. People who didn't watch hockey were sick of Crosby versus Ovechkin, but they knew who they were. Mm-hmm. And I will That's give the point. I will give the NHL, or maybe it's not the NHL, maybe it's ESPN that deserves a little bit of the credit here. Things like the, uh, the NHL frenzy that they had earlier this season. Was marketed well. Turns out when people know about it, they tend to like these things. All right. (laughs) Straight up jumped out of my hand. (laughs) But people are going to say, like, you go back to, like, L.A. Kings go to Germany that year, they win the cup. You know, oh, so that's not what stopped the Avs from winning the cup last year. No, what I'm trying to say is they win the cup. It's a short summer, and you go to Finland, well, it's deadly. You know what I mean? But you, what are you going to say? No. That's not a year in yeah. advance that you say you're yeah. going. Hey, so, we, hey, we won the, the cup, now we're, we're not going. going. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. It, you know what I mean? When you have that short summer and you're yeah. going there early, it is tough. Yeah. I don't think we have perfect answers here. But uh, you know what? Maybe the NHL needs some more high ideas. And that's where High Plains Strains comes into play. 
Uh, you can get yourself some High Plains strains if you are in northern Colorado. They have three different locations, one in Log Lane Village, one Garden City, and one in Sedgwick. Uh, they're the dispensary for you if you live up north. So get with High Plains strains today. Make sure you get their high-quality cannabis. They have a wide variety of products, uh, whatever you need, edibles, high-potency high concentrates, and some of the best flour in the state. Right now, you can use code DNVR online or in-store, and you can get a bunch of deals, including full ounces for $80, Veritas 8s for $25, a Mammoth 1G cartridges for $15, and Exquisite Extracts 4 for $40. Bucks. So make sure you get over with High Plain Strains, and remember to use that DNVR code or mention DNVR uh, in one of their three locations to get fantastic deals. Then get over with Bet365 and get yourself some money. Bet365, when you sign up with code DNVR365, you put at least $10 in your account. You get $150 in bonus bets to use for whatever it is you want to bet on. And on top of that, take a screenshot of your new account with the DNVR365 code, the $10 in it. Send it to promo at the DNVR.com, and we'll give you guys a coupon code for a free DNVR shirt just for signing up. It's that easy. That's a, that's a fantastic deal. For $10, you get $150 in bonus bets and a DNVR shirt that's worth like 30 bucks. So it's a pretty darn good deal. Get, a, get in on it. You're getting a lot out of that $10. Yeah, it's a, the 10 bucks is going a long way for Getting you. a lot out of it. Uh, go with DNVR365 code at bet365. Of course, you must be 21 or older, physically located in Colorado. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER today. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I think we already kind of started drifting into some New Year's resolutions for the entire league. AJ has put together a top five resolutions for the Avalanche here. Oh, yeah, I did. That we're going to get into. Yep. I don't know them, so. I don't either. <laughs> number five. Yeah, number five. So, Georgiev, rise up. He's got to figure it out. Yep. Like you, the your one of your New Year's resolutions is you got to have your starting goaltender play play like a starting goaltender. No doubt. I about think it. I think the struggles have been a little overstated, especially recently. But you're also looking at a guy that is not putting together a really impressive eight game stretch. Yep. You know, you want a few see, good ones and then a stinker. Yeah, and when you're playing as often as he is, it's kind of like, hey, man, let's. You really want to see it geared up a little bit more. You want to see it getting going. So I think, uh, and I have that at number five because I think the other stuff is, uh, I, I think that that is the likeliest of the resolutions to happen. Sure. Um, so I have it further down the list. Its importance is pretty high up there, though. I'll, I'll give my two cents on this one because I, yeah. I agree with you. Um, the counter argument is he's got the most wins in the league, right? We get that. We, mm -hmm. we all get that. We're all good. We're all happy for him. We're all happy. But the, the expectations here are win a Stanley Cup. You want to win a Stanley Cup, he has to be better. He has to be better because it's been a lot of times he hasn't been good. He's been below average. So people are going to go back to Kemper and everything. Like hey, Kemper was good at a lot of games. He was average at some of them, but rarely was he below average. Yeah. I just feel that he's been, and I'm a fan of his, he's been below average at times, and he has to bring his game up for them to win a Stanley Cup because that's the expect expectations here. Which which gets a goalie paid more money? Leading the league in wins or leading a team to a Stanley Cup? That's right. If you have to think about it, then you're in the wrong business. 
I depends on who's hiring them. I suspect. I don't think it does. No. Have you ever? Have you Put one you ever seen a? You ever seen a goaltender sign a contract and go, "Oh, well, he was seventh in the NHL and wins last year." You know, you know who does that? Guys like us on Twitter, right? But teams making decisions, I don't think they're going. Well, I, I don't well, know. Like seventh and wins. I watched the Edmonton Oilers sign Miko Koskin after like fifteen <laughs> games. <laughs> But well, they're not there anymore. That's <laughs> the very last thing that that guy does. He gets fired like 48 hours yeah. later. That was a tough one. So, you know, how ownership approved that will always be a thing that I wonder about, but it is what it is. Number four. Kovi and Landy, this is kind of a... So, Nikolai Kovalenko has been hurt recently. It doesn't sound like it's like super it's serious. the second time this year he's been out but, for a bit. Yeah, he's yeah. battling some injury, and there were already questions about... Him coming across the pond and participating in a playoff run for the Avs after having played a full KHL season, which starts earlier than the NHL season, is he really going to play nine straight months of competitive professional hockey? You know, whatever it ends up being. He's battled some injury issues. The New Year's resolution is get a healthy Nikolai Kovalenko into your lineup. And then obviously the the dream of dreams. Yeah, that one's the get stretch a, goal, I think. Get a yeah, we'll call that a stretch resolution. <laughs> stretch pass. Yeah, the Nikolai Kovalenko in your lineup is the I went to the gym yeah. for all of January. <laughs> the Gabriel Landeskog goal is it's November of twenty twenty four and I'm still in the gym. <laughs> so, you know, like that's the that's the dream. That is the this has gone very, very well. Everything worked out. What is your top nine is also so much better with both of those guys in it. <laughs> is there any sense in the locker room from either the head guys like Bednar or the players that they know this support is coming down the line with guys like Kovalenko? You know, it hasn't been obvious with Kovalenko specifically, like even Val Natushkin knows of him, but doesn't like have a personal relationship to him. Um, but it feels like there's a, a sense of knowing with Landeskog. I think that all of the decisions around not naming a new captain and his presence having an impact, being back around the team again, there's optimism, I think, for how his recovery is trending. I, I think it's cautious optimism, and I think that there's so much that still needs to be seen in the next couple of months. But I, I do get the sense that there's a hope. It, it's a possibility. It's not something that's been entirely ruled out. And I think that part of the resolution aspect then in looking at Kovalenko or Landeskog is for the forward group to want to perform so that it's not needed in case either of those two are not available to them or don't pan out in some way. I think that's, you know, the part that then is actionable for them that they can have hope or optimism around either of those play players being available to them. But if they're not, they need to get to the place that they need to be to be okay and still win a cup in their absence. I think what's interesting about the two as well is the uncertainty of it, the wild card aspect of it. They're going to have 60 games, 60 plus games together before either of them show up. Yep. And so there's going to be roles established. There's going to be chemistry established. They're going to know, and if they if if they're a team that is you know top four or so in the West, when Kovalenko gets here, it's a pretty successful hockey team. So you're adding to an established group at that point of of one where you're just like we're just better now. It's it's almost like you know that you have two top nine forwards coming at the trade deadline without having to give anything up. 
And certainly in Kovalenko's case, Landeskog is, you know, nobody's to date. Nobody still has any idea what yeah. will happen with Gabe Landeskog. You know, th there will be people that definitively tell you he's done. He's not going to play again. And there will be people that will definitively tell you he's definitely coming back. And the reality is not even Gabe Landeskog has yeah, that answer. Right the reality now, is yeah. they're both lying to you. Nobody knows. And there is a hope. That's the right word that Megan used there. There's a hope. It would be great if that happened. And if, you, if, they, if that happens and Miles Wood is on your fourth line to open game one of the postseason and Andrew Cogliano is a healthy scratch because you team, just ended man. up with a little too much talent on the wing. Yeah, you're a good team. Oof. You're really, really, really good. But in seeing that without those guys now, Jonathan Duran got a chance to play through the struggles and, and turn himself into a valuable part of this, this forward core. Where you're looking at it, you're like, he's probably part of your top six. I don't think Nikolai Kovalenko is knocking Jonathan Duran out of the top six if Duran keeps this up. Gabe Landeskog will, likely, though you could make the argument he hadn't played in two years. Right. You should start those guys on a third line together, and you're looking at that third line going, oh, my God, <laughs> this is really good to, to open a postseason series. So those wild cards give you as a team an opportunity to grow without them. And then if they show up and they work out, you know, with Kovalenko, we've talked about temper the expectations for this season. Go crazy on believing he's a second line guy next year. Sure. I wouldn't do that anyway. I, well, I, I, mean, I wouldn't either, just as a well, not might knowing. Be a, yeah. He might be a fourth line guy this year on this team. You know, exactly. We don't know. It's all projection, right? And, we, and he'll be banged we up. We know because and, of his type of play. Like, you know, he's not a soft player. You know yep, what I mean? Yeah, that's so, for sure. Uh, you know, but again, he's in, in, in a different league. And it's all projections, yeah. right? I mean, as you guys go back to Vegas for <laughs> a couple of years back, the Russian Cindy Crosby, ship a shop. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yikes. That didn't work out well. You know what I mean? Like, so, and I'm not saying I'm not being negative about Kova. That's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying is you come in, this is new. He's not 18 years old, which is a good thing. We know he's got some snarl and some grit. And, you know, so he finds chemistry on the fourth line or whatever it is. Then, you know, because Woody and... And Colton, you know, I've been, like you said, yeah. building chemistry for 60 games. Then, you know, you stick that together or you stick with them. You know, who knows, right? You know, time will tell. But it sure is nice to know that there might be some bodies coming in, right, without making subtractions. Yeah. Right? I without mean, giving anything up. That's right. So those are two guys that... And we're crossing our fingers, obviously, like we said. We're course. all saying the same thing with Gabe. And, you know, hey, listen, we went through it last year, correct? I mean, it's not. It's a downer. It's a downer as an organization. It's a downer as teammates. It's a downer as coaches. Don't kid yourself, coaches. They have their board up every day, and they're like, oh, this is great, Gabe, right there. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's uh, what do you call that, Xbox, right? You know, it's, mm. the, it's the hope, you know? But reality is that it looks a little bit more promising than last year, where last year was like, Oh, he's on his way back next week, you know, <laughs> where this year has been, hey, he's gone all year. Yeah. And I like that. You know what I mean? And then, and if he's there, then great. You know, it's a, we'll talk about a big boost for your team. You know what I mean? Like, guy's a Viking, a leader. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty awesome. Guys would be excited. You add that, that is sick. Trade deadline is March 8th if Gabe Landeskog just comes out for morning skate and starts working with the team regularly. Right around that time, getting ready for the postseason, then it's oh, like, there you go. 
Here You've we had go. a very yep. good trade deadline. <laughs> and it's the same thing with Coven Uncle, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who knows how he's going to be? We're, we, we can all assume he's going to be good and fine and find a role, right? You hope that's the case or else we wouldn't be talking about him. Uh, but, and again, because he is a draft pick, because, you know, he is allowed to to come over and play, right? You know, so, I mean, of course, like people are, everyone knows the rules here, but, you know, like Ben Myers was not a draft pick. He's just someone you signed, can't play for the yeah. playoffs. This is different. This guy can play. Mm-hmm. So this is the nice thing about it. You know what I mean? What pick was he? He was a fifth round pick. Yeah, yeah. Fifth or sixth? I actually don't remember. But, but knowing that he, was he wasn't coming for sixth, a few yeah. years. Yeah. Right? You know, he yeah. wasn't coming here for a few years. So you knew that it was a good gamble to take for all the reasons that mm-hmm. we're talking about right here these last few minutes. Yeah. He's probably not learning on the fly in a cup run, though I won't rule it out. Yeah. But a resolution isn't just about being better for the upcoming year. It's yep. about being yep. better for long term. And the yep. ads are better long term with the hope of a Kovalenko and a Landeskog in their future, yep. getting healthy, getting on the right track. Also, it's a 2024 resolution. You know what also happens in 2024? Half of another season. The start of next yeah. year? Yeah. Where that's where you're October. talking about, oh, they can't they can't keep Jonathan Duran. Well, maybe Nikolai Kovalenko takes that spot in the top six. Maybe he does show that he can be that guy, and he does it for under a million dollars next season. They don't need to go find Jonathan Duran because they've got Kovalenko right there making less than a million taking his job. And Landis Cog's $7 million just goes to Landis Cog. <laughs> yep. Instead of being like, all right, well, we're going to spend $7 million on whatever we're going to spend $7 million on. We're going to spend it on Gabe Landeskog. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do that. Here for it. Love it. These get easier. So yeah. number three, avoid meltdowns. This is, this is more about the individual moments in games that have cost them. Yep. The uh, Arizona fiasco, the end of the Nashville. Seattle game, the end of the Nashville game. You've had a couple of really bad, brief moments in games that have cost you points. Mm-hmm. Where if you just add those, those, take those three games away, you don't even say that you win the Seattle game, but you just make it an extra minute, you get to overtime. That's a point. You don't do that against Nashville. Again, we'll just say you only give up one of two. That's a point. You don't do it to Arizona. That's a point. You're three points now. Ahead of where you are today, you're first in the NHL. Yep. It's a thin line. You're on a 110-point pace at the moment, so it's not like you're struggling here. But you have had enough of these kinds of problems in games that when they start to play better teams, they might not scrape out of it. They might not be able to have multi-goal comebacks against the Islanders, the Sens, and the Flames all within a couple weeks of each other. They need to avoid those meltdowns. They need to avoid the little emotional disasters that have plagued them consistently this season and hurt them. Just play a sounder game, play with a little more discipline. And if you still lose at that point, <laughs> it's hockey. You're still going to lose a, a decent number of games coming up. Yep. Act like an adult. <laughs> it's it, it's the spirals, right? Yeah. You, you can't have one mistake turn into three mistakes. Let one goal against be one goal against, and then get back to playing quality hockey. Yeah. This applies to Georgiev, too, in the Georgiev resolution. Absolutely, yeah. It's the Calgary game I'm thinking of when sure. he needs to come out because they got under his skin, or am I thinking of a different game? 
where Prozvatov came in it, in relief. It's either that Calgary, Calgary or Ottawa. Yeah, it was Calgary. It was okay. very clear that they got to him mentally, and oh, sure. it's a temperamental position at goaltender. Mm-hmm. And then you see maybe the stretch of games that follow that too is when we started seeing Prozvatov a little bit more. Yep. And it's easy to say that a goaltender should allow things to more easily roll off their shoulders, but I think that's part of the Georgiev evolution as also avoiding the meltdowns on a personal level. I think this is a really important point um, to tie in with with Georgiev um, on this list because last year Alexander Georgiev was trying to prove that he could be a starting goaltender. And this year he's trying to live with the pressure of knowing he's the starting goaltender. And I think that's an important distinction for a guy that has always fancied himself as a starting goaltender in the NHL. Different and mindset. Trying to trying to now prove it. And it's one thing if he's a Calgary Flame, you know, a team that's more in the middle of the pack and is just like, we're just trying to make it in. Versus a team that's like trying to win it. We're trying to win a Stanley Cup here. Getting to the second round might feel great for you. But if we lose in the second round, it's a failure. There's no patting ourselves on the back. There's no feel goods. There's none of that shit. And if you're part of the reason that that we don't progress as far as we want to in the postseason, you may not be here. Like, it just may not happen for you in this city. And that's a lot of pressure to try and have on your shoulders every day. So trying to accept that and understand that, I think it's a great point by Megan that Georgiev has to adjust to the to the mental side of this better than he has this year. He was great last year. We need to see something better this year. Well, I, I never want to strip a goaltender of their ability to express their emotions. If there there's an outlet that's channeled into something productive, yeah. it's fine. But we have seen more emotion boil over from Georgiev this season than last year. The Arizona game smashing the stick. I mean, he was smashing sticks last year, too. Um, but... The Malinsky, yeah, that, whack. Smashing sticks is one thing. Smacking your teammates is another. <laughs> it's a bridge too far, right? And it's more so if he can find an outlet for that, that's something productive. I don't mind the display of emotion, yeah. but it also reveals to the other team that vulnerability. And I think weaker teams have capitalized on it when they've seen that in the goaltender. It, and that's something for him to rein in. The, the emotion is very much what you do with it, right? We have this conversation all the time between Mac and Miko. Yeah. When Mac yep, gets 100%. mad, he tends to turn it up and start playing like a monster. And Miko tends to snap a couple sticks and continue being bad. Yeah. He plays like Lurch. Yeah. <laughs> but to, you, as a goaltender, you got to channel your energy the right way. That's that's my thought. Um, maybe we need Ryan O'Reilly to come here and just teach him how to breathe. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just being He can honest. choose like, better energy. You know what I mean? Like, you just, I think as a goaltender, being even keel is so important. And I do believe if he can get better at that, that will translate to the ice form, you know? Uh, I'm not asking a goalie to get out there and be asleep. Like, for me, I always use Martin Jones. It looks like he's asleep in the net, you know? Like... And I'm not bashing him. He's an NHL goalie. He slept through I, a shutout. You know, the he other just night. went through a shutout last night. He's had a great career. Puck flies by very, his shoulder and he's still Carey Price, Carey Price, very calm in the net, right? You, sometimes you're like, God, is he alive? Sorokin last night. Sorokin last night. Calm I'm guy. I'm not saying that. But there's guys that are busy. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, oh, okay, you got to find a happy medium. I just feel Georgie's a little bit busy sometimes. And just like 
find your groove, breathe better, O'Reilly style, and then channel your energy where you're even keel and usually will lead to better results. This is, I think this is our longest top five of all time. It's actually gonna, be, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a two-segmenter top five here, as we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the it's official beer of DNVR. We're like 45 minutes into the show. Yeah. Uh, Go get your Breck Brew at any local liquor store. They're available in all 50 United States. Use breckbrew.com to get their Breck Beer locator online. Or, of course, come down to the bar if you're local. Eight different kinds on tap here at the DNVR bar. And then when you got a beer in your hand and you want to watch some sports, get yourself Fubo TV. You can sign up at fubotv.com slash DNVR today. You get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. They have over 140 live channels, including sports, shows, movies, news. You can also stream live TV from any device. Uh, of course, you can get things like the abs and nuggets, which unfortunately are still difficult to get in some situations. But Fubo has them for you. So make sure you get signed up. You can start watching right now with a free trial. There's no contract. There's no cable. There's no hassle. Super easy to use, including a thousand hours of cloud DVR included. So if you're not in for the game one night, you can just record it. It'll be there right for you at no extra charge. Again, head over to FuboTV.com DNVR to sign up today. Let them know we sent you and get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. You got the QR code right on screen there too, if you want to get it that way. Pretty f- pro Fubo group we are. Yeah. I love Fubo. Yeah. Yeah. They have yes. saved us numerous times in trying to trying to pick up a, a event of some kind or another. Yeah. Uh, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Are we at number two? Is that what? All right. What's number two? Just be healthy. <laughs> That's it. Just be healthy. Uh, we saw last year in the postseason series. It's not entirely health, but a lot of it is health. Yep. Um, there was, you know, the Nachushkin <laughs> thing happened. The Landeskog thing happens right before game one. Yep. The Nachushkin thing happens after game two. And then everybody else gets hurt. Yeah. Apparently, Lekkonen had a broken toe the whole time. Yeah. Yep. Like, everybody else gets hurt. So, uh, I would say, and, and with Sam Gerrard this year, emotional health there. Yep. Totally. You know, take care of yourself. Be, be, good, uh, be good away from the game. So, uh, both sides of it. Just be healthy. Take care of yourself, the mental health, the physical health. Be ready for the grind that is going to be the postseason. It's not so much a resolution as a boy, it would be great if this actually happened, knowing that those things are unpredictable. Uh, And some teams get lucky and some teams do not. And it it decides the playoffs every single year. And that's just how it goes. So it's a resolution of really not be healthy, but be lucky with health. Injuries are luck. starting to sound less like resolutions and more like New Year's hopes. No, you know, my New Year's <laughs> resolution is for everyone to stop checking Andrew Cogliano from behind. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Especially if they play for Seattle. Especially if they play Luckily for Seattle. Luckily, they're done for that for this season. Done with that for this season. <laughs> they don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> well, it's, I, I don't know. If I was anyone, I would stay away from Cogliano with those flopping lessons he got. I hope he, so. yeah, I hope he <laughs> sent a message. Yeah, between the tackling and the flopping last night, just Cogliano. Stay away from me. Yeah, just Cogliano stay just away from me. turning himself into a big walking red flag. Hey, get involved with the game, right? Yeah. I say that all the time. Like, again, I'm not here to bash Ben Myers, but I didn't see that from Ben Myers yesterday. Those two plays you're talking about right there. Those are, I mean, you got to get yourself involved in the game. You know what I mean? And I'm not criticizing Ben's game. I'm saying, but Cogliano finds ways at crucial times to make that play. Do something. Yeah. Yeah. He did something. I love it. Fair enough. Number one? 
Yeah, number one. You just got to get a 2C, yeah, man. Right. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Your number one resolution is to fix the biggest roster hole that you have at the moment. Why is Lindy there? Look at that. <laughs> it's it's your second line center. It's. It, oh, if, I thought it was just like a random picture. <laughs> should have used a different flame. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like Noah Hannafin and people wouldn't have had any idea. <laughs> yeah. Noah Hannafin. I'm kidding. The jewel. This is really just it's pretty obvious. Like these are these were the two resolutions that we really didn't need to spend very much time on. They're pretty, yep. they're pretty obvious. Be healthy, stay healthy enough, and uh, make your team better. <laughs> yeah, get a get a second line center. Yep. You need the the. This is the time for the Pierre Lacroix kind of move. <laughs> you're in the you're in that window. You know this is the this is the 1999 Colorado Avalanche, not the 1996 Colorado Avalanche. You know, if you're trying to win that second Stanley Cup to really validate the greatness of that era, you need something, something. You need no. you need to make your Rob Blake, Ray Bork kind of move. You need to go hard. But I I got it was when I'll say on that like I got faith in C Mac and, and Joe and the crew. You know what yeah. I mean? And if there's some that's going to be doable and that makes sense, they'll make it happen. You know, I got I got faith in those guys. You know, I would just like to see. Uh, they have not been good at the deadline almost every year. And the one year that they were really aggressive at it, they won the Stanley Cup. It's true. And it's just lucky. It's not Manson. hard to think. Yeah. And, and Cogliano and, and Sturm. Yeah. You made four, four trades. That worked. That four, year. Yeah. And, and like Sturm was like a bit part of it. I'm Cogliano still. was a great emotional part of it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Manson and Lucky were pretty important during that run. Yeah. But that's. Be aggressive with it. The conservative Lars Elder for a second, like trying to min max last year's roster with the uncertainty of Landeskog and all that, it really complicated it. And that's the reality of it. Like, that was the reality of the situation they were in. They thought that they had a guy coming back that was very expensive. They didn't have the money to go and do something crazy. Yeah. If they were right about the prognosis of Landeskog's health, they. It changed. He didn't end up playing blah, 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 blah. We all know how sure. that played out. You don't have that problem this year. You have no excuses. You have a clear-cut weakness right now. And unless Ryan Johansson does absolute, something absolutely bonkers over the next 20 games, go and do this. You it, it, Just go be aggressive. I know that it's so much easier said than done and that your, your sellers teams willing to move these guys is going to be much smaller at the deadline than it will be four months later. I don't care. You worry about four months later, four months later. Go go and put yourself in the best position to win a Stanley Cup now. It is only going to get harder every year. It is only going to get harder. Your guys are going to get a little older. You've got guys playing at the absolute peak of their powers right now. You want to waste what might be a Nathan McKinnon Hart Trophy season because you're worried about not giving up Sean Barons or Mikhail Gulyev, who's going to be here? Who's going to be here in four <laughs> years or whatever? Amazing. You know, like, like, like that's your concern, and and you have to care about the future. You can't completely punt on it. I'm not saying trade all of them for one guy, but you need to be aggressive, and you need to you need to have a an attitude of we're willing to we're willing to do something that may not look great on paper. But as I, as I said on Twitter yesterday, uh, a player might be a rental, but a Stanley Cup banner is not. Well, that's why I go back to Tampa all the time. I love they were aggressive. Same. They, they, Barclay, Goudre, Barclay Goudreau. Uh, what's his name? Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman. Remember? I mean, those they're not worth first round picks. You know what I mean? But 
to them it was. And it's hard to argue with the banner and the ceiling. I mean, that's just the way I agree with you. I love gambling. I, I, I do believe that you're right. This is the addition this year to, to, to gamble and, and to go for it again. You know what I mean? That's just my thoughts. Um, they have a good enough staff. They'll find a way. And, of course, you get depleted a little bit. We all know they've been depleted a little bit over the years and mm -hmm. you know, with draft capital and all that stuff. We get that. But, man, they have a core of Nate, Kale, Miko, you know, that are now you got Val. Devontae. I mean, you got to put Devontae's and Val. Like, that is like amazing for they're all in good health. They're all fairly young. You know, like Taser is probably the oldest, right, of that group. Yeah, you would think, right? Yeah. But yeah, they have the chance to win for years with an S. You know what I mean? So I got no problem with going for it and, you know, like losing something and, you know, part of like. Like a first round pick or whatever mm -hmm. it's going to be, you know that that they needs made two to be last done. year. Yeah, if you're going to trade one at the deadline, this is a good year to do it. That's all I'm saying. Just okay. it's the it's the time to get aggressive. Yeah. Last year there were a lot of reasons that you could say, mm. yeah. This year, none of that. Do oh, it. No. It just it it has to be done. And they've done it before, like you just said, two years ago. Mm -hmm. They were aggressive. And I what think did they, it's in their what did they DNA. move out? They moved out Justin Barron, a second round pick. That's a guy that they invested a first in. You move, you move out Drew Hellison and a second-round pick. That's a guy that you invested a second-round pick in. Sure. Those are expensive deals. Uh, those are expensive, and they get it right. And they're still in first place, and like you said, three points out of first. Both of those guys are still on the roster. May look like a rental on deadline, uh, on deadline day, but yeah. it, you make certain decisions down the road. Maybe you can it. keep a guy. Love it. All right. That was our top five presented by Bet365. And now I have five additional resolutions yes, that I would like to add. <laughs> Some personalized resolutions. I hope Ismo Lekkanen resolves to write more articles about Miko Rantanen exactly when he needs the push. Can he write one about Georgiev? That's an interesting, like... Do we is, know any Belarusian? Yes, there's, there's like a... <laughs> or, no, he's not. Bulgarian. Bulgarian. Yeah, Bulgarian. Yeah. Is there a Bulgarian I media I, pundit that we need to lean on? <laughs> All right. We'll think about that. That's our resolution after the podcast. <laughs> the other is the, the rise in meanness of McKinnon's game. I think he should resolve to keep a little bit of that throughout the course of the season, so long as it doesn't come at a disciplinary cost yep. um, or an injury cost. I've kind of liked the mean side of McKinnon that we have seen as of late. Throw more helmets. Make Throw make the ooh face a couple more, more times. Hits, <laughs> yeah. not helmets. Hits, not helmets <laughs> for go. McKinnon. That's the mantra. Manson, the rise of Manson's game, I think, is what we wanted to see last year that we were robbed of. And I just want him to continue what he's doing because I think even coming to Colorado after the deadline, we saw him exploring parts of his game that he maybe didn't get to in Anaheim. And I think that this is the year for him to explore that side of his game even more. I think it's been a help and a huge contributor and, and makes the team better. And then the final one is for the entire team, and it's in the same vein of no meltdowns. But it does seem like the meltdowns are caused by self-inflicted mistakes yep. and not making the other team earn some of those goals against. And it... it all starts with odd man rushes. I think they need to be a little more cautious. Um, you know, allow, <laughs> allow fewer, disallow 
odd man rushes. <laughs> However you would word that, allow fewer odd man rushes is the key, I think, for the resolution that the Avs should take into the next year because their mistakes have been of their own creation so far. And I think that they're going to be pretty hard to beat when they begin to limit those. I full agree. You grow through what you go through. There you go. It's not helmets. <laughs> Look, New Year's resolutions, you want the abs to be better. I think we all think they can be better than they have been in the first part of this season. Despite that, <laughs> as we sit here today, they are currently ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights. They're currently at the top of the Central Division. I get there's some games in hand weirdness there, mm -hmm. but they're at the top of the Central Division. They're not that far out of first in the NHL. It's a good hockey team. The New Year's resolutions are to turn it into a great hockey team. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Vegas, and I was looking last night. Started 11-0-1. Yep. Boom. Since, well, since the 11-0-1. Since then, they are 11-11-3. That's what I mean. Yeah. They win. 6-7, six, 6-7. Seven, six, seven. You know, they've been so 11 11 3, and we're, we're melting down over a team that is well, like 4 and 4 oh, and 1, 4 1 and 1 in their last six, something like that. Yep, that's exactly what they are in their last six. <laughs> Pretty good. Enjoy the grind. Helps when your schedule is super, super soft. Doesn't hurt. Really helps. <laughs> not going to be the case for the next month and a half. Yeah, it's about to get. Well, that's the, why you stick to your resolution. This week is like a Thunderdome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put those Boston, resolutions Vegas. to the test immediately, I guess. Yeah, so you go to Dallas, Dallas. You have Florida at home, and then you're at home against Boston and Vegas. Yep. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And then you go on a five, six game road, road trip yeah. out of these that starts That'll in perfect. Toronto. That'll be perfect trip, though. That's the other resolution. Have the same pride they play with at home on the road. Yep. 16 and four at home, barely 500 on the road. Yeah, eight, seven, and three, I think. Yeah. Like, with the big start on the road, too, remember? From last year to this year, they, like they had like so a great. record. Yep, mm -hmm. they just kind of lost our way a little bit on the road. On that note, we've got a new sponsor that you may recognize if you follow the other All City shows. We're brought to you by Circle K. Uh, you got to go sign up. You got to get with Circle K, especially do it right now because tomorrow is Fuel Day over at Circle K. You can save forty cents on gas at Circle K, and then you can save an extra 25 cents on the gas when you sign up for Circle K's Inner Circle app. That's 65 cents off a gallon with Circle K on Fuel Day. It's from 4 to 7 p.m. tomorrow, January 4th. Get in there. You're getting gas for prices that I haven't seen since I was a child. So they've mm -hmm. got you covered with the gas on Fuel Day. Make sure you get in with this on Circle K. Jump in with them. Get the Inner Circle app so you get a bunch of awesome rewards too they're awesome we all we all love circle k we all love all of the the uh well all right maybe not all of us but i am a big gas station snacker person same you'll see me go get slim jims and all that kind of stuff all the time so if they're my people over at circle k go check them out go get yourself a bunch of gas on fuel day tomorrow and then if uh if you've ever had uh resolution not go your way because someone Broke your kneecaps. Uh, <laughs> Boy. Call, call Bacchus and Shanker. Andrew Amazing. Cogliano tackled you from behind yeah. in the street. <laughs> two, 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 today. Call the two number. Go to coloradolaw.net. Any situation where you've been injured and you're not at fault, 
Bacchus and Shanker has your back. They'll give you a free consultation <laughs> at the two number. When you have a case, they'll pay, they'll, you'll pay rather nothing up front to these guys. They don't get paid until you get paid over at Bacchus and Shanker. All they want to do is get you paid. So get with them. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients in the 25 plus years they've been doing this in Colorado. Bacchus and Shanker, they win. So it's a good New Year's resolution right there. Go win with Bacchus and Shanker. Uh, that is all I have for the day. Were there any more resolutions? Anything else we wanted to add? Or broken kneecaps? Yeah, <laughs> my client, Andrew Cogliano, is innocent. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am here for Lawyer Megan. Lawyer Megan. I got a question, though. There's five of us here with Tiff. Like, if we were like a five man unit, like, who's the adult on our line? It's not Megan. me. Megan, are I don't, I, fair. I just. Un- sure. <laughs> are you sure? That's not Rudo. Go shirtless. Uh, Actually, no. Like, how does how does this five man unit it, work out? I, Who's the forward? Who's the defenseman? I can't I, move anymore. I'd be a D. You know, I, I'd like to stay I, back. I think Megan is the mental adult. <laughs> Eric might be like the physical adult because he cleans yeah, everything up. I think he would be the physical adult. <laughs> It would not be me. No. I'm the kid that you have to put on a leash. (laughs) No, we don't want to tie you down and hold you back, Rudo. You're like our Miles Wood. We just want to let you go. go. And we'll live live with the consequences. (laughs) Okay. I'm down. I'm down for this. AJ's Ross Colton. No, that makes sense because they work better together. They work better together. (laughs) And Tiff, we're going to be Devontae's for Tiff. I like that. That you're kale. <laughs> She's like, well, who are you now? Like, on this thing. I don't no, feel like I'm yeah. Logan O'Connor. <laughs> I feel like down. by default, I've sort no. of. You're, you're low key, Landy. Low key, okay. Landy. I think LOC is perfect because yes. you're gonna do all the right things. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna make whatever line you're on a little bit better. But also after the whistle, you're gonna say some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right. I you're gonna get in the moment, and you're gonna say some shit, and they're gonna be like, "What the? Where did? For real? <laughs> I she I did. fully embrace it now. And all of us are gonna be standing back there, being like, yeah. <laughs> "It's like that. We didn't see anything. Right. Yeah, she keeps knives on the bench, guys. Like, <laughs> I got knives out. for Christmas. Fun fact. No way. Yep. Let's go. What a shock. Just, right. what, just what Megan needed, more knives. <laughs> a complete set. She's got to spread it to more goalies. I mean, got to keep the replenishing. I am not giving Georgi of any knives. <laughs> not the way he's acted this year. <laughs> not after that Phoenix game. <laughs> yeah, scared that little kid. No, exactly. My client, Sam Malinsky, is innocent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Nah. No, in, in Phoenix, you're nice. so <laughs> You were talking about actual kids. Is this a, I assume is this you a meant new Sam segment? Angle at law. Angle at law. <laughs> Be pretty funny. Every week we pick out uh, a controversial head. Yeah. She decides guilty or not guilty as as we go through the evidence. Yeah. This, that's, that's this is really, pretty funny. That's really cute. I love it. Well, for today's show, we are going to wrap it up. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We will be back tomorrow for game, certainly pregame and postgame. I don't know if the Nuggets play or not. So, they do. So no watch along later. But we'll have you pregame. We'll have you postgame. So <laughs> keep it here. Like and subscribe on the YouTube. Go over to the DNVR.com. If you really like us, consider signing up for a membership. Become a diehard. Join us in the Discord. All of that cool stuff. Uh, we are out, and we will talk to you tomorrow. 
Like the mayor, 